I want to open up telling you about a recent development in my family. My daughter, Rachel, uh, lives in San Diego. She's a school teacher there. And she's been dating a young man for a while. And so a little over a week ago, this young man plans a big date. He takes her out for a picnic uh, on an afternoon. And uh, the picnic is in the park overlooking San Diego Bay. It's this beautiful setting, you know. And so they're having a picnic. And then the boy whips out his guitar and he sings her an original love song that he wrote. And so uh, let me just show you how the evening ends up. Here's a picture. That's my girl. She's got a ring on her finger. Oh, my goodness. She doesn't look happy at all, does she there? Well, you know, in that moment when she said yes, her life changed, and there are going to be huge ramifications because of that. For the rest of her life, She's going to limit her attention to one man, one man. Her future will now be intertwined with this young man. His name is Connor, and she'll no longer be just her own person and independent. She'll become interdependent in marriage. She's taking a big risk. I mean, who knows the future? This man could ruin her life. He could. I mean, it, it happens all every day, doesn't it? He could ruin her life, but... She couldn't be happier. <laughs> she could not be happier. She keeps sending us pictures and videos. And here, the funniest one is a, 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 she sent a video of her ring. So she's taking a video of her ring on the steering wheel of her car. And Lori and I are looking at this like, what is this? And then she barely moves her hand, and the sunlight hits the diamond, and you see the colors, you know, the refraction. And we're like, really, honey? You're sitting in your car? <laughs> Just, But she's thrilled. Well, she's in store for what is the second greatest blessing in life after having a relationship with Jesus. Having a mate is the next biggest blessing in life. But, but this requires one huge, huge thing from her. Commitment. Commitment. There it is, the big C word. We're going to talk about the C word today. You know, if there's not a total commitment to marriage... A big challenge can destroy it, just like a ship is at sea and a big storm comes over and just destroys it. But if there is total commitment in a marriage, a couple actually draws closer together during the storms of life and can end up better off for it afterwards. Guys, the greatest relationships in life are based on commitment. The greatest relationships in life are based on commitment. Now, there's another commitment that we can make that brings huge blessings to our lives. It's the crucial commitment to church membership and community. The commitment to church membership and community. Today's message, as Chad said, is entitled Membership Matters. And we're going to talk about why you should seriously commit to a local church family. Um, one of the big reasons is a local church is a, a beautiful thing. It is, it's about a perfect God... Uh, adopting imperfect people like like me. Um, recently, I have uh, adopted this terminology. I wish I could say I made this up myself, but I didn't. <laughs> I heard someone else say it, but I'm not going to tell you who that is, so you'll think it was me. Um, I want to. I've started thinking of the church like a gang, like you know, a gang. I'm sure you have in your mind what a gang looks like, but think of the church as a good gang, okay? And um, Think about this. You don't go to gang. You are part of a gang. 
You, I mean, you might go to gang meetings where you get together with all the gang and they're all together and, you know, they get whatever they do there. I don't really know. But um, so you do that, but you're still part of the gang for the rest of the week. You know, all week long, every single day, you are part of the gang. So we're, we're, we're actively focusing our thinking uh, or turning it to this type of thinking and already working on things that are going to lead Ignite Church into being more like a good gang, if, you know, if, if, I can, if we can use that term. To put it another way, we're, we're, we are actively working towards making Ignite more of a community, um, uh, more of a, a family, where we, we have big gatherings on Sundays. You know, we have the big gang meeting uh, on Sundays, and then we hang out, and I coined this term myself, that this one came from me, and wreak healthy havoc every other day of the week. Um, that's, we're, start, we're focusing hard that way uh, this year. Now, um, you know, if you think of it, people join gangs to be part of a family to be part of a community. Sometimes it's for safety, or it's because they, you know, they have no other option. Whatever it is, but they're they're wanting that other people around them. They're wanting to be part of that. Uh, I, I, it's great to have a family to to lean on. It's great to have a, a community to do life with. A couple of weeks ago, uh, here's just a small example. A couple of weeks ago, um, we were at uh, Ed and I were at a conference in Dallas. And so, I don't remember which day of the week, but Diana called me, and uh, she was telling me what happened. The, the city here at home had come by, and there was a leak around our water meter, and we knew it was there, and our neighbor had called and, and to check on it because they were right beside each other. Well, the city came, and they dug it up, and they, um, they found a leak on our side. And so, the guys come to my door to, and tell Diana, hey, look, the leak's on your side, and so you need to call a plumber and have them come out to fix this. Well, so she calls me, of course, and I'm in Dallas. Well, there's no way that I, I can do anything, and I want to see it for myself before I call and have a plumber come out and do it. I want to see exactly what this is and see how easy or difficult it might be to take care of. So uh, she kind of told me as best she could what it looked like, and I said, okay, hold on. So I stepped out of where we're at in the conference, and I make a phone call to some family. And I said, hey, um, can you help me? Here's what I need. I need somebody to go and dig a big hole in the yard and get dirty and muddy. And I can't remember if it was hot down here that day or not, but get down in it and um, fix my water pipe. You know, replace the bad sections of it. It was a big ask. It was a big ask. Well, they took care of it. Um, they came down. They, they dug the hole. They, they put it all back together and covered it back up with the dirt, and it was all fixed. And I didn't, you know, they helped make sure Diana was okay and the water, my house was going to have water and all of that stuff while I'm up there in Dallas. And here's who I called specifically. I called my father, who is, you know, literally blood family. And then I called uh, a friend from my church family. And they both showed up and they both did the work. Um, it was my friend from the church family. I said, hey, uh, you know, will you not make my dad, who's almost 70 years old, dig that hole? Can you let him manage you, you know, and pretend like he's in charge? And he's like, yeah, sure. And so my dad's not in here right now, so I can say that. Um, how are you going to do that next service? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to go. But anyway, they took care of it for me. I am so thankful that 
my family, both blood and church, which and actually they're both church family, uh, came through for me. They came through for us. I'm so thankful for being part of a family that would step in and help me. Now, Lori and I recently had a situation, just like every family, we have the great things with my daughter being engaged, and then challenges and challenges and problems. Well, we had a big problem recently, and it was one of those things that was just super private, but we needed to, to talk to somebody about what was happening in our, in our family. Fortunately, we have a close relationship with some church friends. Over the years, we've been there for them. When they've had huge problems, we've been there, and they've called us up crying, and we'd go over and cry and talk and pray and try to help. So we had that kind of relationship, and so Lori and I decided, let's, let's call that couple up. Let's go over there. So we went over there and spent a tough evening just talking about this new issue in our family, and they were just so supportive and encouraging, and uh, we basically just talked and cried and prayed together. Well, that meant a huge difference in our lives. I'm so thankful that we had somebody so close that we could talk to and that we could cry with. Many. This is just one example, but many of God's greatest blessings occur in the context of the local church. So let's take a look at the makeup of of church. Um, a serious follower of Jesus Christ commits to membership in a local church. So we'll start with that statement. I know some of you want to write in that word there because you love writing the word commit. Um, uh, a serious follower of Jesus Christ commits to membership in a local church. Folks, Christianity is actually a team sport. Um, I have literally been face-to-face. I remember more than once, but one big picture is a, a guy... I was talking to him, and this has been a few years ago, uh, telling him, inviting him to church. And, and he's like, look, me, me and God, we got our own thing. We got our own thing going. I don't, I don't need to go to church. I, I got it. You know, we're, we're good. Okay. Well, sometimes people, and we, we convince ourselves of that very same thing, uh, that we, maybe we're smart enough, maybe we're tough enough to live out the life that God has planned for us on our own without having other people having to bother us, without uh, being uh, in a, a, a real community of people that are going the same direction. We just think, I can do it on my own. I don't really need to be accountable or committed to a church family. I can just handle it. Well, the truth is that we all live in a world of wolves that are ready to tear your life apart. And anybody that is out there on their own, they're not tough, they're next on the menu. And we, 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 want, we don't want to be the next on the menu. I want to be living in community where that safety, where that, that care, where that love is. And folks, living life in community is really where it's at. The, the, the Christian faith, Christianity is expressed corporately. If you look through the Bible... You will find a lot of a lot of times where you see the term one another. As a matter of fact, if you would Google that, we're gonna we're gonna do it here. If you will Google that, let, let's see just real quick what how it comes up. So we're gonna Google one another. Google's not Christian, by the way, it's just a whatever. Um, and as you start to go through, you're gonna start to see where 
one another is this, one another is that. And if you keep going, you're going to find out that there are one another's in the Bible. I would encourage you to do that. Can you put one another and type Bible next to it and then hit enter? Let's find out how many times we find it in the Bible. There it is. You can even go underneath it. One another's in the Bible. Oh, there we go. So here's one place. There's 59 one another scriptures in the Bible. You can just keep looking. Google's a great tool. Begin to read those. Find them. Um, although there's... Let me back this up. To be able to, to do all the one another's in the Bible, you have to know who the others are. You have to be able to identify who another is. Um, now, although there's not a, an explicit command in the New Testament that says, you know, that we read and we, we take in, hey, you are directed to be a formal committed member of the local church. There's, that's, that, that's not like Luke 5.8. But many of the instructions of the Scripture are impossible to follow without the context of local church membership. Uh, in, in a biblical church uh, community is assumed. They never thought that it could be any other way. Um, they, they always thought that church would be like a gang, where people were in the gang all week long, and they came to gang meetings from time to time or whenever they, you know, whenever they called them. It's the way they all lived. Now, I want to give you another picture of the local church, kind of a definition, sort of, if you will. A local church, we have a gathering. We have our, our meeting in a building. We're all sitting in a building right now. But the church isn't a building. We're just in, in a building. Church literally means called out ones. It means uh, people that are invited by God to join his family. A church is the people. The local church is people. It's a definable community of people in mutual agreement. We're agreeing together that we're going to we agree with each other. We're going to love and serve God together. So you are the church. This, this building, um, I actually, I changed so for so long. I'd be like, where are you at? Well, I'm at the church. Where are you going? Because, I mean, we're here. I mean, this is, this is our vocation. But we, well, where, where are you going to be at whatever on this day? Well, I'm going to be at the church. And a lot of times I have changed that terminology to say, well, I'm, I'm going to be going to Ignite just because I'm thinking, well, the church is people. The church isn't a building. But yet we all think, where do, you, where do you go to church? Well, I go to that blue building that's off the road on, on Nichols. No, it's not the big one on the corner. It's that other one. That, it's that, that's the building. But the church is really the people where we are serving God and living life together. Now, we want to talk about some specific ways that Church membership and community matters. Let's look at a scripture from the book of Hebrews. This speaks to how church life works, okay? Hebrews 13, verse 17. Listen to your pastors and do not resist them, for they watch for your souls as those that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. There's a number of things we could, we could pull out today. I want to look at two aspects of this verse. First off, pastors get an extra examination at the judgment of God. We learn from Scripture that when we die, those in Christ will stand before God and our works will be judged. We're getting into heaven, but he's going to uh, 
evaluate our life and how we served him. And so just, just picture this billion-mile-long line of believers waiting their turn for judgment. And then there's this other shorter line of pastors. And, and I'm going to see God saying, Let, let's test your works. Oh, you did good there. You did a good way to go. Uh, you're a pastor. You did good here. Now, how did you care for those people I gave you? There's an extra judgment from God. That, how could it, nothing, I can't imagine anything more serious than that. Now, on the other side of the coin, we see that the church family, the congregation, is encouraged to cooperate with their leaders, and it will be helpful to them. They will be able to grow. It, it's, uh, well, let, let me hold on my comment. So the only way leaders can focus for a church family is if they have a way to identify, obviously, who that family is. It's, you know, it's kind of tough if you think everybody who's ever come to the church once, you know, I should consider I'm responsible. So Bob came 10 years ago. I need to chase down Bob, you know. I mean, obviously, that doesn't, that doesn't work. So on one side of the coin, on the leader side, effective spiritual care is impossible without a church membership. Without a defined church membership, who can your leaders care for? Now, on the other side of the coin, we saw that significant, sustained personal growth requires membership. So, here's a person in a congregation. I'm committed here. I'm a member. I'm active. I'm serving. And this is the pastor and the leaders and the teachers that God's put in my life. And I'm going to listen to what I have to say and try to apply it. That person begins to grow spiritually because they're responding to what their leaders are trying to show them and the care and the direction and the teaching. So... Sunday morning attendance and listening online to our messages, getting in on the gang meeting, Chad would say, is vital, and being part of it the rest of the week, though, is just as vital. So Sunday morning's important, but Monday through Saturday is just as important as well. Uh, Weekly meetings might be enough for you to feel like you identify us as your leaders, but it's not enough for us to know you as somebody that I'm responsible to God for. Uh, in a few weeks, we're going to have our class we call Essentials, and in that, we talk about church membership and how you can join, and there's no arm twisting, but just an encouragement to prayerfully consider that. And, and we make this statement in Essentials. We say, the members who have committed to this congregation, they are the ones that we are responsible to first. We are responsible before God to serve them. And so, some weeks, things are happening. There's lots of, you know, crises and fires in people's lives in the church. And it's the church members that Chad and I go to first and take care of them. And if we have time, we take care of anybody else we can too. But church members come first in the consideration from their leaders. You know, if you, uh, if you come to a church just on the Sunday mornings, you're not committed, but you're there. You, you come a little late and you leave a little early. You know, it, it's just really hard to know you. So please, help a brother out. Help a brother out. Consider, consider church membership. Now, in our relationships, there's different challenges. Sometimes uh, people want the benefits without the responsibilities, and there are responsibilities to being a church member Sometimes we don't fully commit because we just kind of resist accountability. We don't want to be accountable to somebody, or we resist authority. We don't want anybody suggesting what we ought to be doing with our life. It's kind of like somebody's trying to learn to swim, but they won't let go of the side of the pool. You've got to let go and go for it and commit and get out there. So I say, please hear this today. Join a church. We'd love for you to be with us 
But more important than that, we want people where God wants them. And so if this isn't supposed to be your church home where you commit and you join and you go all in here, that's fine. We'll miss you, but God bless you. God has a wonderful place somewhere else for you, but join some local church. Now, if, if you're new to Ignite, maybe even here for the first time, uh, we, we want you to know that we are 100% in and we're on, on board with you trying it out and checking it out for a while. You know, you just come and, uh, and, and, and you just kind of like sneak into the gang meeting a little bit after it starts on, on Sunday morning so nobody sees you and then just kind of pay attention, see what's happening. That's okay. That's probably how I would do it too if I was, let me go see if these people are crazy uh, you know, are the things I heard about them true? I mean, just whatever it is. And so we're, we're 100% in for that. Now, after a little while, it's time to connect. It's time to say, okay, I, I've checked it out, and as best I can tell, you know, these people aren't perfect, but, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing. And so at some point, it's time to, to, to connect with the community. I'm going to read you here something out of Acts chapter 2. And this is what happened when the first, the way we think of church kind of the way it started. And this was, here is in Acts chapter 2. And so here we go. Here's what, how they lived life. There is an intense sense of t- togetherness among all who believe. So they were all screaming green. They're all going the same direction. They're all saying, hey, we want to follow God together. We want to love God together. Let's go this way. They all shared, they shared all their material possessions and trust. They sold any possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. If I was to paraphrase this part for me today, it'd be like, they, you know what? We weren't greedy with each other. If we could help, we help. And we reached out to each other. And like, you know what? I can, I can help you with that. Um, they were unified as they worshiped at the temple day after day. They had their gang meetings. Uh, In homes, they broke bread and shared meals with glad and generous hearts. To me, this is one of the most fun parts. They, like, hung out together and ate at each other's houses. Um, It's cheaper than eating out, and you're hanging out with people in their homes. It's much more comfortable, and you get to have relationship with people. It's amazing. Day after day. Oh, wait, no. The new disciples praised God, and they enjoyed the goodwill of all the people of the city. The city began to look and say, look at these people. They're, they're like, they got something going on here. And life brightened up for them. Even the people that weren't part of it would, would like, liked what was happening. It, it became a positive thing for many of them. Day after day, here's the result. Day after day, the Lord added to their number everyone who was experiencing liberation. Here's what happens. When you say, I'm going to be part of, and I'm going to support, and I'm going to join in, and I'm going to live life with these people that are in, in our local church, that's people, our local group of people, um, we're going to be liberated. We're going to get to cut, some, cut loose of some chains of life. Well, we're going to have peace because being in community together, being part of, being a member of, and involved with a local church actually brings you up in life because God made us that way. We're not out there getting picked off by wolves anymore. We're part, of a, we're part of a group. We're part of a team. We're part of a family. Now, this result outweighs all the risk that Ed mentioned at the very beginning with his daughter. You know, it's possible this guy she's going to marry could ruin her life. He could be a horrible guy. 
You've heard stories of how that happened. You've probably also heard stories of how, man, we went to this church and it was horrible. And this person hurt me and that guy hurt me and that gal hurt me and they didn't do this right and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, number one, people are imperfect. But um, you might be risking that when you join a church because you don't know everybody intimately. But um, the reward outweighs all that risk because God's the one that's handing out the reward of bringing your life up. The result outweighs all the risk of dealing with the imperfections of people and community. Now, these guys were serious. They were, we read this <laughs> scripture. They, they were real serious. They were happy, and they were, help, uh, they were um, healthy, and they were helpful with each other. Church membership is also a picture of what Jesus did for us. He committed to come alongside us in life. In a local church community, when you're part of it and you're joined up with it, just like Jesus, you're willing to live alongside of each other, helping each other out, being there for each other, even if it pushes against your comfort that day or it pushes against your convenience or takes up some of your time. You're willing to do it because you're, you're actually drawn to it because, hey, this is, my, this is my family. Might as well be my blood brother or sister or father or mother. I'm, I'm there for them. A picture of this is giving, giving of yourself to uh, one of the, the family members, and you laugh and you cry together. Uh, you serve with each other. You serve in the, the, like the church, like at the meeting, but you also serve the community during the week, uh, and you do it just for the joy of it. You give your money to support. Uh, you're willing to be led by other people, and you're willing to lead other people uh, where God has given you those strengths to lead. When the church loves each other this way, people outside the church begin to pay attention. And they begin thinking. When I say outside the church, I mean outside of following God. They, they say, what are these people got that I don't have? My life's falling apart. And I know their life has been tough, but they're still, they're making it. What do they have? And that starts to draw people to God. Um, John chapter 13, 35. I, I love the scripture. For when you demonstrate the same, this is, this is uh, Jesus talking. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you, by loving one another, doing these things together, everyone will know that you're my true followers. They'll be like, these people are really following Jesus. Maybe, maybe I should do that too. I think it's time for uh, Ignite as the local church to begin forming um, a, even more of a community. Years ago, Lori and I lived in Fort Worth, Texas, and I was going to school there and preparing for ministry, and I want to do a, a, a graphic demonstration here. here here's, here's the loop around Fort Worth, okay? The school was down here, but we were going to a church out here, like 30-minute drive away. But it was a fantastic church. God had us there, and it was just a wonderful experience. But we lived down here during the week, but church was here. So Sunday morning was great, but then the rest of the week, we were 30 minutes away from church. The good thing is that, that there were a number of students who were part of that church, so we got together, it was like 30 or more of us, plus, you know, 30 or more students, so double that for, for wives and husbands. And so we got together and said, we got to, you know, get together during the week. And so we came up with small groups, and we divided everybody up into small groups. And so for the three and a half years I was at seminary, I was going to school and living in community with people here and going to church with them way up here. And for some of the guys in seminary with me, it was like life and death survival. 
Uh, we had it pretty good. My wife taught full-time, and I could go to school full-time and do a little work on the side, and we got by okay. But there were families there who had little children, mamas at home, and the husband's trying to go to school and working two or three jobs, and it was just hard, hard, hard all the time. And so we'd have these group meetings, and I could still remember sometimes a, a, a couple would walk in with their little kids, and they'd just like, ah, we made it. You know, It was all we could do to get to group. But by the end of group, they were refreshed. They were encouraged. Somebody had just loved on them a little bit. And, and they left stronger than when they came in. Well, that's, that's what community can be. We lived in that for years. I've tasted it at different times since then. Laura and I have experienced that and appreciate it. But we are sure looking forward to seeing that grow greatly here at Ignite. So recently, um, we have just been... Uh, well, me and Ed, too, have been kind of lit up about this. Like, okay. So we started, we merged churches together, and we started Ignite a few years ago, and, and everybody, we've got some fantastic people, and things are real, going really good on Sunday mornings. Now let's add another level to that. Let's begin to build community. I mean, some of us, it, it's happening. There is community, but we're talking about really beginning to focus. So uh, we are actively looking to do this, and we are actively this whole, we're thinking this whole year begin to form bigger and stronger community within Ignite Church. And, uh, you know, we will probably make some mistakes. Uh, we probably will, you know, mess up here and there. But when it's all said and done, when we are, when we are moving forward and building more and more community, more and more family within the church, um, I think amazing things are going to happen. Um, what, what we're talking about is on the scale of, of things that I haven't ever really been a part of. I've been a part of small groups, and I've got church family, but I'm talking about this in a major, major way, and um, you guys are a huge part of that. Uh, I mean, we want to build this together as we move forward, and we want it to go so well and so strong that when the day comes and Ed and I are gone, that the, the church community is just rolling and, and, and going, and people are being drawn to Jesus because of it. Amen. So we have one step of action for you today. Simply it's this, register for Essentials today. In two weeks, we're going to have our Essentials class. It's after the second service. We provide lunch and child care if needed. We need you to register, and you can do that on the church app or on the internet on your, on your phone, too. You can go there. You're looking for the tab, Join the Community. That, that actual tab is on the app. Join the Community. After the, uh, we dismiss, we have a, the computer out at Kids Check-In, the left side computer. That will be available for you. You can uh, register right there. And also, we have a table where you can actually use paper and pen and register. We, we tried to think of every way to help you register. But folks, it's time. We really believe it's time that God's calling us to, to step up and for a number of us to commit to this church. And the first step is Register for Essentials. And again, we tell you about the church, how you can be active. We promise we don't bend your arm, but we do make a strong case like we have today, even more so, how important and how good it is to be committed to a local church. All right, y'all stand. Can I, can I oh, add, one, sure. one, add one thing to that? If you've already done that and you are already you know, part of Ignite Church, you are already one of the, officially a member of the church, will you pray 
for everybody that's going to be going through essentials and begin to pray what, about exactly what we're talking about, that community begin to build more and more. So, and I'm serious about this. I'm, we're seriously asking that you guys begin to pray for that. You, there's not a need for you to do essentials a second time, but we want you to support it uh, with your prayer wholeheartedly. Cool. As we're about to be dismissed, I want to remind you of two things. We'll have prayer teams up here at the front to pray for you. And remember to give. Use the app. Go online. Stop by the boxes near the doors. Before you leave today, be sure to give. All right, y'all stand and let's pray. Father, I pray you would help people who are unfamiliar with this important concept of church membership. I pray you'd help them process it this week. Father, I pray you'd help any who might be afraid or they've been hurt or they're hesitant to commit. Lord, I pray you'd help these folks have the faith to take a fresh step to becoming a fully functioning, committed member of a local church. Lord, help us all be open to a change of heart and mind and recognize your truth today. Help us all live with this mindset that when we entrust ourselves to people in a local church, we are really entrusting ourselves to you. Lord, thank you that even in an imperfect church like Ignite, we can be blessed and be a blessing. Bless these folks this week, I pray now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.